Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's interview, we have an epic interview with Marco from the Brian and Marco show. We had Brian and Marco on the show recently, and a couple of weeks ago, we had Brian from the Brian and Marco show on the show. And this week, we're having Marco from the Brian and Marco show on the show as well. So if you haven't already, make sure that you go and check out the Brian and Marco show as well. You can find it on the Future Cannabis Project youtube channel at 9 p.m uk time 4 p.m eastern and 1 p.m pacific on wednesday night so if you're listening to this as soon as it's been released there'll be one this evening so do go and check it out and say hi on behalf of high and homegrown that would be very cool but anyway marco is an award-winning cannabis grower everybody you'll hear all about it in this interview but this guy knows what he's doing man and he produces award-winning cannabis so if you want to produce award-winning cannabis like marco then take notes throughout this episode so you know what he does and you can introduce some of his techniques into your grow room as well along with this with the episode we had last week with jeremy silver on how to build your own living soil if you follow the instructions in these two episodes you should be able to produce some high quality cannabis everybody so anyway without further ado let's just move on to the interview and you can listen to what marco has to say enjoy and i'll speak to you at the end of this see you in a bit Yeah, man. So Marco is here, everybody. Thanks for joining us, mate. I know this is going to be a good ass episode because you have a shitload of knowledge, man. Uh, well, thank <laughs> you, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here, you know, talk to you guys. I talked to somebody on our show yesterday that has a ton of knowledge, too. You know, I love talking to those people that you're like, damn, they're smart. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's how we are with you right now. You know, you won't get that same vibe back. <laughs> we don't have like a shitload of knowledge about things. We have a, a general level of knowledge about things, I think, you know, but you exceed it, especially when it comes to the K and F and the sustainable growing and shit like that, man. God damn. Yeah, the, thank you, the, man. Yeah, man. The last time we spoke, you know, yeah, everybody loved it. It was a great interview. The listeners loved it. We loved it. Uh, and, you know, just wanted to get you on uh, by yourself here so we can really pick your brain and go into the meat of things, man. And so thanks look, for coming along. Yes, sir. And one thing I did since that episode, I did a um, live speaking and I wanted to just kind of put my whole cannabis and, you know, routine kind of together. Nice. And, uh, spoke on that and I, and I kind of will just, we can kind of go through that again. You know, I want to refine my, you know, what I'm saying. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Yeah. So how long have you been growing for then, Marco? Man, I started, Mackie, um, in college. My first uh, time growing... We uh, was in college and we had three, it was a three bedroom. So we had me, myself and two other roommates. One of the roommates left. So we had to get a roommate to fill his position. And um, so we got a guy random, just ran an ad. I think this is 94, um, 94. Mm -hmm. It's a good uh, year. So yeah, a long time ago, <laughs> probably before a lot of people was even born. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> So around 94, I'm in college, get this new roommate. It's this tall surfer kid from the beach. 
and this we hit it right off do you smoke yeah do you yeah so boom we hit it off right up until this point i had not really known of any like like high grade or different grades of cannabis mm-hmm. you know it had only been you know high school and then these couple years of college and then it was like 94 illegal as shit so you kind of got whatever brick mexican brick weed that somebody's uncle or older brother brought around you know so that was kind of it so i meet this kid and um he uh turns me on to what they called at the time kind bud kb is what we called it and it was very bright green fluffy crystals you know no seeds and it was just totally opposite of that brown, you know, if it was sometimes it was green, but it was still brick. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, and so that was what so we had ended up getting some seeds out of the, some of this kind bud. And he had the idea, you know, because we went to college in the mountains and he said, well, let's go, um, let's plant these seeds. And I had never grown a cannabis before and he hadn't either. But we had this idea. We're going to go ride out in the country, find a <laughs> spot on a kind of a um west uh southwest facing corner of a mountain right and plant these seeds Mm -hmm. and so we planted them we had like six seeds drew a little map planted them (laughs) never went back ever until the very like fall it was now it's fall but right so we just gorilla grow then yeah damn (laughs) yeah a little miniature gorilla grow but without Mm -hmm. any uh you know extra tending to it so we go back that fall and um, we have the little map still, right? So we're looking, we go to that big tree, you know, 10 paces from that tree and then look, <laughs> you know, all that, right? But we couldn't Crazy. find the plant. Like I, there was nothing there. And then we're just like, fuck, like maybe, you know, nothing grew. So what happened was the first plant on the map didn't grow. So that's why we couldn't find kind of the pattern. So once we realized that one didn't grow, we actually found the other, the the pattern. And there was two that actually flowered. They had little buds on them. Picture these plants, man. They're like eight inches tall. <laughs> one single bud in the middle. Maybe the size of your thumb, right? Yep. Two of these. And we were like, oh, shit, cool. So went back to the apartment or whatever. I'm sure we just speed dried it and smoked it up and that was my first time, you know, growing, man. And it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And that um, that was like, you know, I didn't obviously grow continuously from then, but I did from there. Um, that winter now I have a little bug. So I got two like shock lights, you know, the fluorescent tubes. Mm-hmm. And so I put some more seeds in a little closet that we had in the uh, in the apartment. Um, I didn't really know shit like I don't think I knew a lot about like how to make them flower and even telling the difference of male female and anything like yeah, that the internet weren't around at that point was it yeah it was so... but you know it wasn't <laughs> readily available to everybody like now exactly and I remember it is actually it kind of came about when I was in college that's a whole different story but yeah so no internet like that but you know I saw I grew these plants and they grew tall you know one long tall stem with lots of little leaves and I remember we would um, take the leaves and just clip the leaves off, dry them, and mm-hmm. mix them with our um, our cannabis to kind nice. of stretch it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of my first experience growing. And then I didn't grow for a little bit. And then, you know, once I um, got into my own home and things like that, um, uh, early, like late 90s, early 2000s, I you know kind of picked back up and... Um, 
kind of been going from there. Nice, man. Nice. I like hearing people's origin stories, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, what, it's a great story, but I got to ask you a question. I did similar things, but I planted my seeds in October like an idiot. Oh. So, <laughs> did you remember at least to plant in the spring? Yeah, yeah, we did. We went out that spring um, because I did do like gardening with at home. My pops would always have a garden and we so I knew, you know, the principles. And also I was in there and my original major was forestry and wildlife management. Yeah, yeah. So I really wanted to be like a forest conservationist kind of guy. So I knew the plants and things like that, but I didn't know kind of, you know, all the all, the, you know, everything mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Point. Yeah, and there's a lot to learn. But, but, you know, it can be very simple growing cannabis can, but it also can be very complex at the same time, right? Yes, it can, man. Yeah. I think we take it for granted, the kind of knowledge that we accrue. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. no, it's second nature. We just do it without even thinking about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you ain't lying. And, you know, I tell people now, like, take advantage of these kind of shows because just think 90s, early 90s. There was no, you weren't just getting a show like this. Yeah. I remember there was some mm -hmm. guys talking cannabis. George Cervantes and things. He mm -hmm. wore the mask and the costumes. And mm -hmm. there was some info out there, but it was mostly forums. Mm -hmm. And I was I would be on the forums gaining knowledge, but I would be so afraid of like Leo that mm -hmm. I would never ask a question. I would never dare type anything. I would only log on and read. You know what I mean? Um, right, right. So, and you just said Leo there as well. I'm like, what do you mean by Leo? You obviously mean police, but I was thinking, what's that? So, that's law enforcement officer. Law right? enforcement officer, right? That's wow. Right. So, yeah, calling him Leo and shit. The guy's got a um, name. We we just call American him the pig over here. <laughs> well, that came from the old forums, man. Like back in the day, you would just put in Leo. Like it mm. wasn't even like they wouldn't even put in police and shit like that. Yeah, so. yeah. Back in the day, man. Times have changed so much since then. Especially for you. Now you're a legal grower. But when did you legalize in Virginia? Yeah, so we legalized. Um, it's going on or two years. This is the second. My oh, second is that year. old? Damn. Yeah, it's been new. Yeah, so yeah, you must still new. get some PTSD there, you know? <laughs> yeah, every now and then, you know, you just still kind of remember and think about it. But it's it's, it's free. I've broken all the chains, so I don't I don't feel it. I don't feel a monkey on my back anymore. Nice, Fantastic. nice. I'm like, fuck them. They let it. They let the cat out the bag. Now it's a wrap. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> nice, I didn't man. let the paperwork stop me before, you know. So yeah, for know. sure, man. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you can't. It's a hobby that we all enjoy. It's just wrong that you wasn't able to do it for so long, and you're only able to do it now for two for two years. Oh, yeah. But damn. So have you man. always been an organic grower there? No, Mac. Yeah, I started out um, kind of like a lot of folks, man. Even today, I see they're starting out this way. They're starting out with hydro. Mm -hmm. um, but I started out with just soil. I just I literally went to like a, um, over here. We got Lowe's and Home Depot, yeah. um, your big box warehouse store mm -hmm. type thing. So I remember starting out and there was, of course, no cannabis soil or anything, you know. So I really it was like, you know, gardening soil, this, you know cow manure in a bag this you know mm -hmm. this compost in a bag that and you know just really started out with just soil um and just like five gallon buckets you know what i mean and um and grew okay you know but as i was growing i was reading and high times and all the magazines and you see all the hydro and you see and i've always been a tools guy like i like i'm in construction by trade Mm -hmm. um 
so I did do the soil, but then I was like, you know, I want more, you know, I want, I want to go, you know, hydro. So from, from the, um, you know, straight buckets and soil, I went to, um, ebb and flow, like mm -hmm. flood and drain table. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went that route, flood drain. That was cool. Um, you know, still it was hydro, those newts. Now from there, I wanted to kind of get a little bit more advanced. So I went to, um, aeroponics. Mm -hmm. which is um where you have the sprayers inside the tubes mm -hmm. yeah you guys know that and then everything's yeah. on timers and stuff and so um back in the day on one of the forums this guy named stink bud uh stink bud i uh, could never find him he was like back in the day man, he's one, one of those guys that would build everything and take the time and really show you the step-by-steps and the mm -hmm. pictures and all the dimensions and all that shit so he built his own aeroponic systems and um, so I just mimic those um, using still at the uh, hardware store, plastic fence posting, um, <laughs> just pumps that you can get. Anything back then that had to be generic. You know, you couldn't mm -hmm. have a whole cart full of shit that looks like you're about to <laughs> go grow some weed. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. Mm -hmm. So you'd, you'd buy it today. <laughs> like remember people would use the you know, the windscreen wiper, you know, the water spray about you sprays the, the windscreen Mm -hmm. yes yes, you know I mean? yes that shit there's some people used to use them in the aeroponics rather than going out and getting actual pumps because they were easier yeah. and cheaper to get hold of ah yeah. see there you go that's when you're really trying to be keep it low-key mm -hmm. yeah junkyard stuff there man yeah, yeah. man <laughs> so yeah you go in there one day you just have your get your plumbing stuff your piece of <laughs> on a plumbing job the next day mm -hmm. you just get your bins and your totes so you look like you're going to store up a bunch of old winter clothes you know, you do things and you do it strategically. Even today, I do things very strategically mm -hmm. um, because, you know, all those little things matter, man, when you're growing cannabis. At least I think they do. Yeah, they do. Well, you know what you're talking about, man. So if you say so, mate, you know, you got these two bouts for, for growing some quality cannabis. You won two awards recently, didn't you? Yeah, man, I was blessed to win those, uh, Mac. Yeah, I entered this uh, cup, a uh, regional cup here, and uh, there was a state round of competition and i was able to come out of the state round and then it was my state versus the other state for a um uh grand champion if you will nice. and, uh, so yeah my the seed i actually i selected from seed <laughs> popped a pack with the intentions of finding a girl to um win at win that competition and that's just the kind of intention like when you're doing natural farming you'll hear that as a lot of times like do things with intention like don't just make moves to make them, you know, make mm -hmm. moves with the intention of, I want to win that belt that I didn't win before. Mm -hmm. or I want to do this. And yeah, if that's... you do that each step along the way, you're going to make a positive step towards yeah. that. You know, it sounds crazy. But... Hmm. They, that's interesting. You said you had a multi-state competition. I didn't think they did that in the States because of the federal laws. Yeah, they do. Um, between uh, Maryland, DC and Virginia, Ooh. with uh, everyone touching borders right there. Um, yeah, they, this is actually the second year that they did it. Uh, nice. Cool. And there's That's... some other ones coming up soon, though, that are um, someone asked me that I want to be a part of. And this one had states kind of going all down the East Coast. So Damn. That's nice. I like that. That's, that's telling, telling the government, fuck you, we're doing it anyway. Yeah, mm -hmm. making it normal, like we always would say. You know, exactly. Yeah, Nothing that's wrong with this. So how do you do that, Marco? How do you produce award-winning cannabis like that? So, man, Mackie, like, 
you know, I think a big one is really, honestly, the genetics are key, you know, because mm -hmm. you got to start out with something that has the potential to win. Mm -hmm. right? If you're holding a seed in your hand, it doesn't even really have the potential to win or that seed's chance of winning is so high um, or I'm sorry, so low that it doesn't, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of put you out of the running. So if you can start with a, some really good genetics is key. And then, and then that's that's the part that I don't have control over. And then yeah. the part that I it, do have control over is. But it, you know, is there a specific place you go for the good genetics? Is there a specific breeder you like to use, or do you do some pheno hunts and make some seeds yourself? What what kind of process is it of finding the genetics? That's a that's a great question. I do a little bit of both. So some of my um, the genetics I really like, and this is um since we've been legal before we were legal. Bro, it was like ordering Dutch stuff with a T-shirt mm -hmm. and <laughs> it was a CD and you hoped you got a good seed out of the five you were able to afford. Yeah. It yeah. didn't get taken in the post. So now after since we went legal and I kind of uh, sprouted up on Instagram, right, it opened up this whole new world of genetics. And one guy that I really like is um his name is Belief. Right. And, uh, yeah, and a lot of people know about Belief, and he mm -hmm. used to run with um like in-house genetics. They do a lot of collabs to this day, and I really like his gear because he puts in hella work. He has a twenty-four point inspection, and it sounds like a bit you're buying a used car, but he twenty-four <laughs> <laughs> kicking the tires and shit. You know? Yeah, he's kicking tires. Yo. 24 point inspection, 100, you know, 100 points for each thing. So 2,400 possible points. He grades the shit out of everything. He grows thousands of uh, plants, you know, from seed. So that kind of work is what I really respect and like. Mm -hmm. um, I stay away from those guys who are, listen, I don't mind. And even he says that if you buy his stuff and you want to breed it and sell it, that's fine. But I don't. I don't steer towards those guys because they don't really have a plan per se. Mm -hmm. Whereas he has got a plan with his genetics. He's been working them so long. Yeah. He's got a future plan with it. Um, so mm -hmm. I stick to the tried and true breeders. Um, some of the smaller guys are really good too. I like King J, King J Gardens. Um, right. He has some nice stuff. I'm working with him. And then I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, I mean, there's plenty of genetics, but those are a couple that I'm kind of working with. And Beliefs Gear is what I ran to win the uh, the cup. Nice, very good. Yeah. Yeah, so you do do you do a pheno hunt from there? You like pop some beans and then look for the best one and take cuttings and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So what I like to do is um, I've increased to uh, five lighter now, five beds, five lights. And nice. um, my beds are, you know, like four by fours or either I got a, I got a hundred gallon round. I got a three by three um, living soil, four by four, two, four by four uh, living soils. Nice. Um, different so, setups, different areas. So nobody come knocking on any doors. Um, hmm. the, yeah. We got multiple properties and things. So we keep it all legal here. But hmm. um. So I do, I take that advantage, man. And I, and I try to run high numbers in those beds, like in a four by four, I try to, I can run, you know, 20, you know, 24, if I'm really pushing it. Um, oh, in a four leave, by four. Yeah. in a four by four, if I'm only doing a search or a hunt, right. Meaning right. I'm just going to pop quick. I'm going to, um, and a flower relatively quick, you know, mm -hmm. and then as soon as I get a clone, a clone flower, 
trim low and then boom just see what it what it shakes out as even yeah. even you go as far as trimming all the sides as it's flowering just to kind of keep it where you can keep it all in shape mm -hmm. um and what that does it lets me pick something and that's what i did when i found the um the divine truffle is i've i've picked i had um i ran a pack and then i ran you know i, I was had them all running together so i could you know observe them and I ended up picking two. I narrowed that 10 down to six. And out of the six, I picked two. And I ran those again. And then out of those two, uh, the, uh, that's when I chose the one that I wanted to run. Nice. So what were you looking for specifically when you when you were picking which one you were going to run for? Just like the, the bud structure or potency, flavor, smell, colors? That, those kind of things you were obviously looking for. Yeah, man, great question. Um, really, here's here's how that shook out, Mackie. Um, the year before was the first annual of this NCC Cup, right? A friend of mine on Instagram had a they want a free entry for someone to be able to enter this thing. Cool. Um, and they just asked me, hey Marco, you know, they had seen I was doing some things on Instagram showing my cannabis grows on my other account. Hey Marco, would you you want to enter this thing? So uh Sure, I'll enter it. You know, I didn't have any, I wasn't, there was no intention there, right? I was only growing at the time. And at the time I was just, um, wasn't even like um, in search of anything. I just had mm -hmm. um, acquired some nice clones from different breeders and I was just growing those out. So I had this white truffle, which is beliefs cut. And that was the thing that was the farthest along that would have been able to even be entered. So I was just like, fuck it, she's beautiful. Um, I'm going to go ahead and enter that. So I entered that the first year and she got top 10 overall, but I did not win. Um, and then from that point is when I said, you know what? It, I didn't enter what I wanted. I'm a big Terps guy. I love Terps. I, I like mm -hmm. high Terps, heavy, different Terps. And so the white truffle has kind of a so just like it says, it smells like kind of like truffle fries, little earthy, little friesy, little savory. Um, not a hard hitting, nothing. It'll be like, oh, wow, what's that? Right. But it looks beautiful. And if you saw a bag of pill, it would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but I said, you know what? I wanted something with that bag of pill, but I need way more Terps. And I didn't want to like start from scratch. So I said, all right, let me see what B-Leaf has, because he had just done a truffle cross, a, a whole drop. So he did a cross with in-house genetics, Divinity 35, which he selected while he was at in-house, but it still has in-house name, um, with the white truffle called Divine Truffle. And I said, that I think that's it, because I feel like the Divinity 35 was going to bring out some big nose and, you know, make it, you know, what I was looking for. And mm -hmm. and it, it was, man, that was a great pack right there. And all of those girls really were nice. Um and but yeah, I ended up narrowing it down to that one divine truffle because she ended up smelling very piney with a little grape minty at the end of it, though. And and it was very complex. And even the judges said, man, the other guy that um, whose terps were high as well, they were like, his terps was just one terp. Like when you smell it, it was like mm, that terp, right? Mm -hmm. So when that divine pine, it's so complex, it goes in and out of different terps. And I noticed that too, but I didn't want to sound crazy by saying that. And when people mm -hmm. started telling me that it made me feel good. So that's what I'll go for right there is kind of that depth of terps. Nice, man. 
Damn, and it's not, you know, that's 50% of the battle is going to be with genetics. And then the rest of your growth skill comes into it from there, you know, and, and the way yes. you prepare your soil and the way you build it and the, the ingredients that you put into the soil and shit like that, man. And then man, you use we... uh, horizontal, uh, horizontal uh, soil, don't you? Yes, sir. Yeah, I use a horizontal soil that I kind of, um, you know, read just developed over the course and so just getting back okay so now we're yeah. here we go we're back to the grow i was on aeroponics you know the building my own sprayers and that shit grows some big ass plants bro like they grow mm -hmm. big they grow fast you can put in work like at the time it came at a time when things were very much needed so aeroponics hit really hard um thing is with hydro plants as we have learned now those big plants all they are is elongated cells and when you have those elongated cells they're weaker they're like yeah. a bubble a thin piece of glass or something mm -hmm. that's gonna break mm -hmm. easy and cause a pathway for pests so that's why we went away from a, um uh you know hydro and then from there um i ran arrow for a while really loved it but now boom i'm really getting focused on body chemicals I'm in my, you know, what, what would I be, early 30s now, late 20s, early 30s, um, where that's just starting to matter, you know, and so I'm like, hmm, organics, you know, you're hearing the words organics and things like that, and then looking through that, I end up um, on um, Subcool, um, mm -hmm. rest in peace, Subcool, Super mm -hmm. Soul, yep. yeah, and that was really, man, my first breakthrough into, like, okay, now I can leave all these bottles behind because bro if I, you may guys may know after years and, and you got to be sketchy on your trash and how you throw shit out <laughs> bottles <laughs> can accumulate, bro. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. you know you know with trash bag loads of bottles and it, it comes to points like look bro this is something's got to change so i went to that mm -hmm. soil where i'm now cooking my soil i'm getting back to i'm getting into the microbes and now that's tying kind of back to my college stuff Right. That right. hard ass biology that I didn't like with that uh, major that I was trying to do at that time. I since switched and went to a, a business major. But now, you know, it goes back to that. OK, now that makes a little bit more sense. I'm like, damn, I wish I could have learned just this in college, you know, mm -hmm. just the stuff mm -hmm. I wanted to learn. And so the soil man and the microbes and then when when sub said, you know, we will put this stuff together and it'll cook. And when I did that and I felt the warmth and, that, and I was like, wow, this really is warm. This is neat. You know, I like this. And then that's when I really started digging deeper into the soil. Um, I felt like from that point, my grows got better. I started out with smaller pots and soil. Um, and then I just started going they were working me, you know, they work you. If you got small pot, oh, shit, mm -hmm. I got to water again today. I got to water again. Got mm, water. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so um, end up just increasing the size of my pots and then going bigger. And then I um, went kind of living soil was the word and getting into that. And then, you know, just evolving towards, you know, natural farming, doing more things on my own stop buying anything outside of what's on my property and just using locally um collected things and that's kind of nice. where i'm at now and that's kind of how i got to the horizontal soil mm -hmm. and, um, we can kind of talk through that you know and and i can break that down too yeah man everything bro we want it all tell us everything <laughs> <laughs> exactly and look man this stuff like 
trust me, whoever sitting in this seat out there listening, as a grower, I've been in your seat. I've had issues. I've had pests. I've grown every way there is. I know the issues that come with every way there is. Mm. I've seen my pump fail or, and my and you lift up roots and it looks like a, a broom straw, you know, like your shit's dry as fuck. So mm. the reason I'm here is because I've done all those different things. And this living soil with a large volume of soil is really the most forgiving. And when we were talking about terps a few minutes ago, terps is... To me, if you think about what's a terp, it's an organic compound that creates a smell, right? It's an or so think about how tiny that is. You're talking molecules. Hmm. Well, to me, to get that terp, I got to look on the other end of the plant and look at the microbes at the root level. You know, that's where those other, that's where the or organic compounds come from. You know, you can't have that terp on the top of the plant without having that maximized microbial diversity in the soil. Hmm. And so um, with the horizontal soil, just as a general description of what it is, in the, in the earth, there's layers of soil from, if you think about bed, if you watch gold mining shows, it's a great example, but mm -hmm. you got bedrock and you've got, if you just picture a side view, it goes on up and particles get smaller and you kind of go smaller and you work your way up to soil or topsoil where you grow. Um, and so what we do in horizontal soil is I want to take the layer right above bedrock which is where kind of where you'd have fractured bedrock where things are broken. And I want that to be my first layer in my, um, in my soil bed. I use a living soil pot or a living soil bed or any fabric pot. But if you, you, you want that plastic liner, you want it to sit in some kind of liner right. um, to kind of catch your leachate. And so um and so now I use a living soil pot. Now, one thing I've learned with living soil pots, and I'm talking about like the grass roots, the ones that are tan or any color, but they're usually tan. They got white plastic on the inside. The mm -hmm. plastic is wonderful because when I first started using these, we would all wrap them in plastic because they, they needed that because these things would dry out on the sides too much. And then right. the pot makers ended up following suit. And then here, I don't know how long ago, they started making them with the liner in there. But what I do is instead of putting that white poly liner on the inside where it would touch my soil, I reverse the pot and I use the white liner on the outside. And the reason mm -hmm. I do that is because the fabric, by you looking at some of my old fabric pots, mm -hmm. there's so much microbial life in the actual fabric that I actually want the fabric touching my soil. And it, yeah, it just seems to work. So out you're using better. fabric pots, but you're wrapping them in plastic to make sure that it doesn't evaporate too quickly. Yeah, if they don't already have the pl plastic built in. Over here in the states, there's a company called Grassroots. Mm -hmm. Right. They already build in like it looks like a white poly liner on the inside, on one side of the bag, okay. and then that leaves a little breather strip at the bottom to kind of let leachate run out. Right. Yeah. We don't have, well, maybe we do have them here in the UK, but I haven't seen them. Usually we just use fabric pots. Well, that's at least what I use. Yeah. So if you use the fabric pots, Mackie, just always sit it like in a tray for this technique here. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, wrap your sides with some even saran wrap, the uh, stuff you use to put your food in the fridge, you know, the okay. wrap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just wrap them up. Nice. Now leave a leave a four inches at the bottom that you don't wrap though, and with the reason why that's a little bit of, that's called the a breather zone, I guess they call it. Okay, Less yeah, I see, I see. It seems like yeah, that would make sense, really. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. 
exactly lets the water lets the water kind of run out and so now that horizontal layer that we want that e layer the alluvial layer if you think gold gold is on the alluvial layer meaning it goes as low as it can on the mm -hmm. soil to the bedrock and sits there um so i want that layer because we're working with indoors usually um, we want to keep that layer as light as possible. I like pumice and I like lava rock. And the reason why those are also great to um, house microbes. Think about that rock. It's got mm. pores in it. If some mm -hmm. of them float, <laughs> you know, on the water. And so that horizon, that first horizon to start it out, you're going to use um, about a three or uh, three inch layer of gravel. Uh, her, um lava rock or pumice i also so from that so then now if you picture it you laid out this lava rock and pumice it's a lot of uh, voids in there right a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of spaces so now i want to graduate to a little bit smaller rock so i want to go from that size now i want to use river gravel and river pebbles to fill in all those bigger holes that you had in between the lava rock or the pumice Right now, you, so now you're looking a lot more. You're filling that in, flattening it out almost. Now, from there, I want to get sand, and I prefer um, river sand. You can get, harvest it locally. If not, go for beach sand, and last would be desert sand. And what you want, to, and I'll get to the reason why in a second, but what you want to do now is kind of fill in the rest of the void. So now when I look at this layer that I have on this, in the bottom of this pot, it's pretty much flat. It looks just like sand, right? Mm -hmm. You want to flatten that sand out, smooth it out, make it look, you know, tight, pretty packed. Because that now what you have, that's our sand filter. When water runs down our soil, you know how when it runs down and it pulls out um, leachate, the water's brown now when it comes out mm -hmm. the bottom. We got this sand filter, and what that'll do is filter out all the organic particles that are trying to flow down and out of your bed. Now they'll get mm. stuck at the sand layer, and what happens is that layer becomes a very rich layer of microbial root nutrient action on the top of that sand. Y'all got any questions at this point? I know it. No, man, I'm just imagining it. Loving it, mate. Fucking. Mm -hmm. right, as long as y'all can paint the picture. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically, you, you, you're sorry, building man. basically a municipal water filter is what you're building here then. Mm, I mean, yeah, this yeah. Is, uh, you know, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Yep, so that box, so that's your E-layer. So that's but Sorry, before we move on, what size pot are you using here? Or, okay, great We want question. people to be able to visualize it as we're doing this. So exactly. what size pot will we, will we be using in this circumstance? Yeah, let's use, I like to use no less than a, um, listen, you can go 20 gallon in a pinch, but I recommend if you got a four by four space or even mm -hmm. a two by four space, I like 30 gallons. You fit two thirties and a two by four. And right. I'm talking feet guys. Y'all know the metrics. I don't know all that. Mm -hmm. um, and then in a four by four feet, I could do four thirties um, in a tray. So that's right. the size I would like. 20 to 30 gallons is going to be the minimum I want to go with, or you can go, this could be your full four by four bed as well nice yeah. all right so there we got our um or that's our that's our, our e layer right so now right. The, the second layer we want to do on top of that is going to be our a layer and a does it, i'm not sure what it stands for it doesn't really stand for anything but that is our kind of our meat and potatoes layer that is our kind of if you only were growing in soil like right now your soil that you put together that's our a layer 
Um, right. I, I like to add a few things to my A layer. So even if you have your soil right now that you love, for my A layer, I like to start off with about two inches worth of that A layer soil and just mix that one to one with sand. And the reason being is I really want that um, that layer we just built, our um, E layer with the gravel and a sand filter. I kind of mm -hmm. want a fade of sand to fade up into the next layer. Mm -hmm. And and I don't want to, but I don't want to break that flatness that I have. So I do that by just adding about two inches with a one-to-one -one sand in that A and then add the rest of my A soil. Mm. Um, so a few things I like to add to my A layer, build your own soil. I'm not going to give you a soil recipe. I will tell you that my recipes, and, that, and that's not like I'm hiding a recipe. My recipe is just for kind of me. Mm -hmm. I have developed it a certain way and it works for me. I encourage people to kind of find their own good recipe. I like Clackamas Coots. His, mm -hmm. his base is a great recipe to start with. And we just discussed that on the last interview that we sent out. Yeah, uh, with Jeremy. We spoke to Jeremy Silver from Builder Soil, and he pretty much discussed how to build a soil. So all that's covered in the right. last interview. So if anybody wants to know that shit, go and check that one out. You know exactly. Know. And that would be a wonderful soil to now be your A layer for this system we're talking about. Easy mm -hmm. money. And so um, so that's your A. Now, what I do with my A, I build my soil, but you can take any soil recipe and now tune it to how you want it. And the way I mean by that is I like to add, even the, whatever I'm doing, I like to add some sand, some silt, and some clay. And I like to usually get them locally, with the exception of the clay. I like to order a lot of exotic clays from different parts of the world, like French green clay, which is green, has different mineral composition right, than yeah. Rasul clay, which is dark red. And I found a Brazilian clay, which is purple. So anyway, back to Do you to use those, a mix of those, though? Do you, them clays, do you use a mix of them, or would you, depending on what you have available, you just use one or the other? Yeah, use what's available. When you start getting really into it, you're going to build different soils and you're going to say, well, I'm going to have some different clays on deck for different mm -hmm. you know, things. And so what I do with the sand, silt, and clay part of this is I build my soil, but then I'll go harvest like at the local creek or river, somewhere where you got a great idea that it's clean. I like to usually come off of where the reservoir is, where there's no factories upstream, where things like that do the best you can. And I'll harvest some sand, some silt, and some clay. Look for a bend in the creek or river where you see it had flooded, and it used to. It looks like a little miniature beach mm -hmm. um, where you see the sand. That's your area. Grab some of that. I like how, to be. Go ahead. So, uh, just how much are you using? You know, uh, with your soil, say you're using this 100, uh, 20 gallons. Using twenty gallons in each, thirty gallons. You said for the pot size, right? Yeah, that, so that was ideal. Right. Yeah. So, how much clay are you using in a mix? Like what percentage of clay? Yeah, so all right, so let me so then to do that, then I'd say for a um just to keep it simple, I would do a sand, silt, and clay one to one to one. Mm -hmm. And the way to know how much to use for a 30 gallon, then I, I may use up to five gallons. Right, okay. Um, additional, you know, I'm adding mm -hmm. a, a five gallon combination of this locally harvested sand, silt, and clay. Nice. Now that will depend on uh, Mackie how my A layer soil is. If it's really wet and sticky, then now I'm gonna go heavier on that sand and silt, less clay. Mm. If it's a very airy soil, I'm like, damn, I'm pouring water and the shit's running right out the bottom. Now I'm gonna beef up that clay a little bit. 
Right. And that's where I'm attuned my soil in to kind of fit, you know, fit me, fit you, mm -hmm. fit mm -hmm. your style, fit, you know, how you're going to grow. Um, obviously, you don't ever want it too wet. You don't ever want it too dry. You want to find mm -hmm. that sweet spot. And so that's just kind of um, adding in that local, um, you know, river stone. And what I've learned is that, and I've had other people say this, including Matt Power, shout out to Matt, um, the, the permaculture student uh, on Instagram, made a great point, man. When you use river stones, river gravels, the roots tend to grow bigger because roots love water. Water and river stones, they all flow together, you know, and it kind of mm -hmm. just really makes sense that now those roots are flowing around those round stones flowing on through just kind of like um that water goes and that's a little bit about that mindset that we use too you know mm -hmm. so yeah so now you're kind of building that a right you you add that locally harvested sand salt and clay you got your a soil in there remember that first couple of inches you add a little heavier on the sand so you could fade that sand up and then from there i'll, I'll let's take one step back I have, there's a few random ideas that I've done. Um, not, you know, there's no rhyme or reason if they're 100% effective or not, but I'll tell you why I do them. Now, sometimes on top of my e-layer, I'll lay things like I've taken split bamboo, turned up to where the open side is up, forming like cups. Mm -hmm. I've taken seashells, layered the whole bottom with seashells facing up. So these um, are moisture traps? Yes, moisture traps, aka microbe traps, aka yeah. root basins of nutrient and goodness. Um, thinking those different mindsets and then covering that with that A layer. And now you know that's kind of built in there. You're getting the decay of the bamboo, which is silica and other things to your soil, plus the little water holding capacity for whatever period of time. Mm -hmm. um, with the shells, too, you know, mm -hmm. shells, you're going to get that real long term calcium. Uh, you know, springtails love shells, isopods break them down, um, sea minerals, you have all that in shells. Um, so those are things where you can kind of be creative. Um, so yeah, then, you know, that's kind of your A layer. You got that baby laid in there. And now your last layer is going to be your O layer. O stands for organic. Um, that is going to be like, if you think about when you're walking in the forest, you hear crunching, you're walking on leaves underneath mm. those leaves other leaves being broken down underneath that worms microbes roots and so that's where your o layer becomes where i tailor it to you know cannabis or to whatever i'm growing mm -hmm. my o layer is where i refresh and re-energize my soil between runs because on that o layer i like to use different combinations but mostly alfalfa leaf mold I like oak acorns um, in, in the form of IMO3, uh, indigenous microorganisms. And, and also old, uh, you can use your old plant residues. And the reason being, you're thinking like nature, all right, in the fall, leaves drop. That's how, that, that's how the soil eats. We're doing that. We're adding all this microbiology to our soils and, and, increase, and the way to keep it fed is on that O-layer. I'll start with a four-inch O-layer, each flowering run. And it's mostly alfalfa straw. Like I said, it may have some other things in it. And 
that will turn down to zero. Like the soil will eat that to zero. There'll be hardly anything to move off the top anymore. It's almost down to bare soil at the end of my run. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's that microbiology in the soil creating those nutrients for our plant, which is what we're, you know, the whole point of this system of growing like this. Damn. That sounds fucking perfect, man. It's just such a great way to grow. Where do you get the uh, the alfalfa from? I um, so I have rabbits, and so I order in uh, organic alfalfa. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find that, and you can also go to like uh, horse feed stores. Yes, the organic stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. get the good stuff. And that alfalfa, you can do things like um, just soak it. You know, soak it overnight in a bucket, you know what I mean? And let it get really moist and spread it over top of your bed like a moth, you know, things like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Um, with the straw, especially. And then what happens is, it, because I hate it when I see people, you can grow fire without a mulch layer, sure, yes. But what happens is your soil's not working for you until it's about two inches down. Like the top surface of the soil is not working for you. Right. Whereas, you know, in my system, it's not even my system, but in nature's system of leaves falling <laughs> and and the microbes is chewing them up in that system, you know, you're constantly replenishing the soil and it's actually, you know, you're building it up, you know, kind of as you go. Mm. So, Thank yeah, you. man. And then, so, yeah, you know, man, we can talk things on, you know, while you're going things to look for through veg the little techniques i do like so from that from that stage like that soil is built i got that o layer we're ready now right that's thing mm-hmm. you know everything's one thing about i like to do with my soil when i build it i like to moisten each layer as i go so at the end i don't have big dry spots in there i didn't mention right. that but when okay. you build that sand filter Go ahead and water the water that baby down real good. See some leachate coming out the bottom. Get it real wet before you go to that next layer um, of building on top. Right. The and then do that again. That's when you put that's the A layer, right? And then you just yeah, I do that on the E on the bottom, and then the A in the middle. Oh, you know, of course, you know, not as not as wet in the A. Of course, starting out, but you know, get it good and moist so that as mm-hmm. your plants grow, the roots don't hit a dry spot, and then they're like, oh, I can't go there. They'll have every every inch of soil available to them. So key. And then you put the the leaf mulch or the alfalfa. You put that on straight away. So even when you're going to be using seedlings or clones, or do you just use that old layer during the flowering stage? No, I go ahead and um, I'll just go ahead and dig out a little spot with my hands, make it a little you know, uh, little indention, and mm-hmm. I'll drop that seedling or uh, young plant right on in there, even as young as, you know, two or three nodes, or even sometimes, um, you know, I'll seed right direct if I have time. Right. And that's with the O layer in there as well? Yeah, with that O, if you got that four inches, so just push it aside right where you're going to put a seedling so that it can, like, have all that light so it's not, you know, buried. And then you'll see as it grows in two weeks, it's way above that four inches and yeah. gone. So. so do you put, do you ever plant seeds directly into the soil or do you always plant them somewhere else or take a cutting and get roots? Do you ever start just in the soil? I, I started my outdoor here just in the soil. Right. Um, but in my, on my indoor, I'm usually, uh, I'm not always in high gear, obviously, but, Usually I'm in a higher gear than I want to be messing around with just soil, a seed straight in there, you know, mm-hmm. 
I'm usually trying to buy a little bit more time um, than that, you know, mm-hmm. but, but you can, you, you definitely can if that's your speed and that's what you're on, you know, at that mm-hmm. time. Nice, man. So yeah, you, man. And, yeah. So do you feed anything? To, because you also have uh, rabbits, like you said, when you have other animals as well, chickens, don't you? How do you incorporate their their poop into your grow? Yeah, so right now, man, on my um, I've been literally because you know rabbit manure is a cold manure where literally you can plant roots can touch it and not be burned. Right. And so what I do now with my rabbits is um. A lot of their manure drops right there for the chickens, but for some reason, the little shits half, uh, I got four of them and two of them just shit in their bowl every day. (laughs) (laughs) So like, okay, you, you two shit in your bowl every day. All right. So now every day they I'm cleaning them out and, you know, refeeding, um, I rinse out, I got a kind of an outdoor little kitchen set up. I found a nice little stainless steel, uh, wash table for, cheap or locally and um so i just rinse out and let that rinse go into a bucket and now that is uh rabbit jlf it's got rabbit poop it's got alfalfa from that leftover feed rabbit pee and then the water and the microbes and then i've been feeding that hard during veg like and the plants have been responding great like i've been nice. feeding that really heavy um sweet man yeah, and that's so another thing you bought up there. Uh, watering. Did you you just use rainwater? Yeah, so I'll use uh I'll use rainwater. I'll use it depends on if I'm like my workshop grow. I got a little bit too heavy. I think I grabbed some of the leaf mold that wasn't like all the way done. So mm-hmm. some of my um out in my workshop four by four, that it's got dry spots. So. I'm trying to get the whole thing moistened up. So there I've been running the hose with the um, inline filter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just straight out the tap, um, just so I can get a real slow drench, trying to get that worked back up to where there's no dry spots. But typically my soil will stay evenly moist. And then I can just take that rainwater, mix it with that rabbit liquid uh, fertilizer, boom, and then just pour that right in. I could either ladle it in or just with a cup. You know, it's kind of poured in. Right. That sounds a little bit weird. Liquid rabbit fertilizer. Oh, yeah. yeah huh? <laughs> he's no, blending up. He's boiling the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like the FAA, we're doing it with rabbits. <laughs> oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Oh, you man. use a lot yeah, of the. So that's, uh, um, sorry, Mark. Yeah, easy money. They've cost me four rabbits, cost me and feed like $40 a month straight up bag feed. But what I'm getting from them. I'm bypassing it, having to purchase any other feed for my for my garden, you know. Mm-hmm. So a no brainer, man. Yeah, well, if you crazy. wanted to, you could even eat the rabbits if you felt like it. I mean, come on. Yeah, they're meat rabbits. They were bred for meat. One exactly. of my buddies, yeah, okay. One of my natural farming buddies, uh VW Ed, he does them for meat and he breeds them for show. And I said, Well, give save me four to let me save four from the knife. You know, mm-hmm. and so he hooked me up with four. And so that's already a, a tight relationship because it's like, hey, tighten up because the alternative was. Uh, <laughs> you know, I saved you, you little bastards. That's right. Give me what I need. <laughs> right. Give me that shit. You know? <laughs> shit in a convenient little pile so I don't have to collect it. I know. Maybe that's what the ones are doing. They may be the smart ones. They're getting- oh, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
putting in the ball to make it easy, isn't it? (laughs) Here you go, bro. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Here you go. He's like one of the dogs. I feel pretty much the JLFs a lot. And then I got my soil amended to the point where it's, you know, it's long-term with rock dust and things like that. So it's it's a good long-term soil. But what I did notice is that uh, feeding these liquids like the rabbit manure, it, it it gets the plants off of my rock dust. It lets that last longer. It lets that bag right. kind of keep producing overall longer where they're like, oh, yeah, I like this readily available rab- rabbit poop. So, that, you know, it kind of, I feel like it keeps it where if I was only just uh, building a mended soil and then grow, 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 then one year the guy's going to say, well, damn, I got a problem. It looks like shit in here. And then it's going to be, you're probably deficient in a lot of things. Mm. Um, So when you come to the end of the grow then, like, uh, you know, you've harvested, what do you do? Do you take all the soil out and re-amend it and put it back in? Or do you add anything or do you just make go and just plant again and eat again? Yeah. yeah, man, I'll just amend that um that uh that organic layer, you know, we're mimicking right. that chop and drop, we're dropping in those nice alfalfa again, mm-hmm. and then we're ready to reset. You know, nice. sometimes I'll do in that A, I mean, I'm sorry, in that organic layer, I'll sprinkle in some gypsum, some cow right. mag could go in there and some uh, clays can go in there if I feel like the soil or the plants were showing a little bit of signs, mm-hmm. like they're missing something. Um, from that point, some people testing and you can go send for soil testing. I never have tested my soil. Um, so I, you, I'll tell you right now that doesn't have to be done, mm-hmm. but yeah, other than that, bro, you just replant, you're, you're resetting and going like, boom, drop. And if you're already ready, you know, it doesn't take any time. Just drop them right back in right mm-hmm. next to the other plant stock, like literally inches away, boom, put it in and yeah. And those high volumes of soil are so forgiving. They just let you do that. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're eating that old stem while they're feeding your new plant and not not hurting you one bit. Awesome, man. You don't um, need any nutrients all the way through. You're just addressing that uh, that O layer at the top. Yep, oh, addressing that O layer. Now, remember, when I'm feeling froggy, I can pour in some of the rabbit liquid stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But usually last few grows, I've been very busy, bro. So I've been literally just watering with a with a handheld out to tap uh, on a uh, filter, you know, like right. boom, water only, like literally. Right. So when you hand out at the tap, you mean uh, tap water, but it's gone through an RO filter? Yeah, city water, but not RO. Uh, we There's a, some inline, inline type filters. That have some right. resins and some charcoals in them, so they're going to take out the chlorine and the heavy metals mm-hmm. and things like that. But not as quite as good as RO, but good enough. Um, you know, you're not going to have anything in your in your soil or anything from it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how you should be drinking the city water anyway, bro. You know that. But we get good water <laughs> over here in the UK. You get what? We get we get good water coming out of the tap oh. here in the UK. It's, uh, especially okay. where I am, we have some of the best water in the country. Very lucky. Okay, Very lucky. so y'all got some really good filtration and everything. I like that. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, I think that'll be changing soon because you know the, the UK is just dissolving further and further <laughs> into the pits of hell. You know, well, what, <laughs> what else can they take from you? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, they're fucking up the air, fucking up the water. But oh, I wanted to like, ask you, one of, one of my um, buddies, and I hear a lot of bro science, as we all do. He says, I heard in England, um, 
they're limiting you guys speed somewhere to in the in the voice of climate change is that true uh. Man, they're doing so much. I don't think they're doing much in the name of climate change right now, but the fastest we're allowed to go is 70 mile an hour on the motorway. That's like the highway for you guys in the USA. But, oh, okay. uh, there was some crazy woman in Parliament recently, and that's probably what he's referring to, and she's from the Labour Party, who wanted to reduce the speed of our vehicles down to 10 mile an hour in residential oh. areas. 10 miles 10 an hour? fucking miles an hour Dude, bro there are some cars out there you're gonna have to ride the brake to make that happen yeah yeah absolutely and it, it it was just they put this article out just to show how out of touch this woman is it's like it, obviously yeah, she doesn't right. drive you know if you're in th- first gear for you guys who drive a manual if you're in first gear and just letting it go not even gas just put right. the car in first gear and it will go up faster than 10 mile an hour man right People right are fucking crazy that's, that's crazy, crazy. Idiots. People don't even think about it when they make recommendations yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, hey man, another thing to think about for everybody, and um, don't let me forget to just mention some things with the harvesting and stuff. But um, hop latent vi- the virus, man, hop latent oh, virus, HLV, just, dude, it's driving people crazy over here. We had a commercial grower yesterday talking about it, and he's like pulling his hair out. So everybody, chill on the sharing clones. He said it shows hard it, like if 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 you have it in your plant at day 45 it will show by weak, weakening the plant and the plant will overall diminish so keep an eye out for that it, isn't it uh, it's passing through on seeds as well right mm-hmm. that's what they're saying at least i yeah. don't know if they've documented it yet but that's what they're mm-hmm. saying yeah that's what they're saying a small percent in seeds lower potential but small percent mm-hmm. so. That's well, got to be some hairy. fucking government shit, man. That's, That's what, what I'm saying. saying, Marco. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is some fucking Lyme disease for cannabis plants, man. Shit. Thank you. Thank shit. You. Doesn't make you sense. Know, cause why, why wouldn't the beer industry be going nuts? Why is it just us? That's, mm, ah, that's a good fucking point right there, mate. Because they use hops to make the beer. Hmm. They use as much hops as we want weed. I guarantee you they produce more hops by weight than, than we do for weed. Yeah, I bet. And I imagine I have, I want to even the guest, he was like, yeah, I'm going to have to read up on that because I, I thought about that. Like they would be the ones spearheading the cure, you would think. Mm, really? I don't know. It's dodgy, man. I've been skeptical of it since I first heard about it, you know, but that, that's how I roll. I don't trust the government at no. all. So, you know, if anything dodgy is going on, it's probably because of them and it's up to them to prove me otherwise. That's yeah, we how start there. Nowadays. <laughs> yeah yeah that's right we start as what have you done now government you know <laughs> <laughs> well now that you brought up the the uh the mention of clones i made myself a note from the, the, sh- the show on sunday we have a listener that is dying to get a hold of a cut of sublime pine how does oh, he do right. that oh divine pine <laughs> yes <laughs> man guys i don't know yet i mean what i i just haven't shared it yet um at all right now i just have <laughs> you know really i need and i'm about to grow a bunch of it i want to grow it again first let me get to know her real well a little bit all no, right well, some seeds though to some people well i definitely know that our listener will, will listen to this episode and he'll get the message real fast mm-hmm. yeah it'll be it will be shared uh soon i just want to um grow it again for me first you know i don't know so was that the award-winning strain was it yeah the divine yeah. pine it was yeah yeah yeah, it's the award winning one. And um, I mean, 
I feel like there's a lot more uh, to come from her, but I, I will send. I got a few people. There's a list. Let's put it like that. You know you got <laughs> a list. And the guy on the podcast, the, the you know, you're on the list, but you're not on the top of the list, brother. So. Well, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, he's been he's been watching your show from the beginning. He's a very huge FCP fan. He's on mm-hmm. all the shows. He's in all the chats. You probably know, know who I he know is. Him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's probably are. asked you about it already. I know, right? Probably. <laughs> He'll get one. <laughs> I want some more people to grow up for sure. But it's a, uh, she's definitely wonderful, man. Yeah, I don't know mm. how you get a cut all the way over to the UK, though. That's that's a rough one. Well, hey, he's got to take a trip. There it is. That is. <laughs> and she got she was tested over um four over four in Terps, like four point three six Terps. Uh, damn. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like my kind of plant, man. Can I have a cut as well, then? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, if, if the other guy gets a cut, then he can get you a cut. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So we right. only hey, have to get one to the UK. One of you got to get it and get back. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what other kind of growing techniques do you use? Because, you know, you've got... you. You've picked some finest genetics. You've built your horizontal soil with the stones and the sand, A-layer, O-layer, and you know you've planted the plant into the soil do you do any topping training any any other techniques throughout the grove that produces this high quality of cannabis that you produce yeah man what i like to do mackie is i um i like to just start out in veg i like to you know get my clone you know on out the way asap um if i'm keeping clones you know i like to i don't do mothers so i keep clone of clone right um, I like to I, I just do clone of clone. So like in veg, I like to get out get that out the out the way early. I like to definitely um it's it's funny because I like to challenge myself to fill the entire space, however that right. may be. Mm-hmm. So usually depending on how, how I'm feeling um or how the plant's growing, I may go bamboos to kind of keep that space and or I'll go trellis. So either you know, I'll go either way. That's personal preference. And then I definitely um, top multiple times. If I'm just finding a plant or just learning it or just popped it from seed, I won't top it. I'll take the clone from down low because I want to see how it grows on its own the first time. And then um, that's just you know something I do. Um, at day uh, one of flower, I do a, uh, a pretty good default. So I veg for two weeks. So I like to, if I'm pushing on a cycle, right? You want to veg two weeks, 10 days, sorry. You want to veg 10 days, flower, call it 10 weeks, 70 days. And now that's almost five cycles in a year if you're really pushing it. So if you stick strictly to that, so veg 10 days and then out that day to 10, take my clone going into flower, take my clones. 10 now, days is very short veg. This is when you're growing from clone, right? So you, yeah, this is when I'm yeah. growing from a, pl- yeah, a small plant. It'll be mm-hmm. from clone. So my plant will be already, you know, 12 inches tall, foot mm-hmm. tall right. at the point it goes in. And then from there, 10 days puts you where you can have a lot of tops and pretty big ready for flower. Nice. At that point. Yeah. So then from there, uh, 10 days and flower, boom. Day 21 flower, I have this thing that I picked up and it's been tried and true for me. I do a heavy defoliation up to the second node from the tip. 
and then I do a heavy thinning if need be. Mm -hmm. I want to give each flower enough room. And by that time, day 21, you kind of see where you're taught, you can't, you know, where you're kind of going to be. Mm -hmm. And you see which flowers aren't going to make it, what's really low down below. Mm -hmm. um, trim all that shit out of there. Clear all your lower stuff out, getting that looking good. And then um, from there, man, that gives you more quality at each flower for me. Right. It's true that when you have all that extra larf on the bottom, that is energy that could have went on to, to the plant. Mm -hmm. So it's true. Take it, trim it up, make it look like that final product's going to almost look at that point. Use your imagination. You know, they're going to get longer. You know, some of the lower ones are still going to make it. So don't get too aggressive. Um, but try to really focus on that. And um, to me, when I do that, Mackie, those are key things. Now, temperature. I, I got to keep it cool and flower. I love it cool. Right. I what love kind it. of temp temperature we're looking 50s. at? Yeah. 50. Fuck. That's yeah, really I'll go, cool. Yeah, I'll go. Because I can't. Certain, certain seasons, I can go that low. Mm -hmm. And I push the boundary and they like it. But they want to go. That's on the low side. Now, if I'm going high 50s, then I'll be going like a high 60s to 72 in the high side. You okay. get what I'm saying? But I will go low on the dark cold side. It will go 50s and cold. Yeah, that's and, like and 10 degrees Celsius, uh, 50 Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. That's that's yep. cold, man. Because I've heard about the plants stop growing when they go like below 12. They start well, to suffer growth there. So, yeah, what's that about? Well, here's that. the thing. <laughs> the funny thing is, and it's really pretty interesting, that soil bed, when that top is 50, the soil never goes below 80. Like I have a right. probe in my one of my beds because I was curious. I wanted to know like how much heat is resonating out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, going that going that cold and then going that and then warming back up. To me, that's where you're gonna increase those terps. Like that's yeah. where the plant is almost mm -hmm. going to those secondary metabolite stages, and right. that's what you really want to focus on. Um, now, sixties. To 70s for me is 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 probably more you know ideal, but yeah, 50s to 70s is good. Um, and you're doing this like in the early stage of flower as well, when the flowers are after day 21, about three weeks in, bringing that temperature right down to that 10 to 15 degrees Celsius at 50. Yeah, once Fahrenheit. those buds and flowers starts forming, I just at nighttime I just let them get really cool. Right. And this is only right. half the season. I could keep it warmer, but of what I've noticed is. I let the natural coolness of my dry kind of work for me. I mean, my, of my grow uh, work mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And then so pushing the limits of cold, you know, even out here, like uh, my outdoor, I mean, I let that thing hit, it was forties, you know, running outdoor at the end of the season. I was surprised. And even the lowers that I left going after I harvested, they would keep going. Even when it got super cold at night, almost freezing, We'll keep going. We'll bounce back during the day. Mm -hmm. So the plan will do a lot more. You know, sometimes the internet will hinder what we do because we say, oh, the internet says you can't, don't mm -hmm. go this cold. But if you actually push it, sometimes you may surprise and say, well, the internet was right. Yeah. Or you might say, hey, nah, this can, I can go lower. They like yeah, it. Yeah, for sure, man. Lower. It's shocking what the plants can actually take. There's no like, like I said, you know, 12 degrees, it stops growing. It's like, it's not necessarily the case. Some strains, Will some strains won't? It depends on what environment the plant has been brought up in as well. You know, yeah, what it's used to. So much goes into it, man. Yeah, and think if it was in veg, Mackie, and you're at twelve, trying to run twelve all through. Now you're not growing. You know, you you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's different points. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I like to keep it cool. Uh, keeping it cool is going to be much more better, much more quality than keep when it runs hot. You know, focus on that. Keep your humidity right, though. If you're keeping it cool, you don't want to be cool and wet. That's that's powdery mildew. If you're keeping it mm-hmm. cool, you got to be dry. You got to be cool and dry. Um, so that's factoring that. Keeping the VPD in mind. Yeah. I used to really focus hard. You know, let me watch the VPD when it all really kind of came out. And I've kind of backed down off the VPD, VP, uh, VPD as much. Mm-hmm. Um, even with growing d- this divine pine the winter when I grew her, I wasn't monitoring VPD like that. I was right. just monitoring humidity that I yeah, was not yeah. getting, you know, that's all I was really doing in temperature. Yeah, it's one of those um, things which we don't follow much on this podcast is the VPD. Because I yeah. just think it's one of those things which you can follow if you want to, but it's just much more complicated than it needs to be. Keep it yeah. simple by monitoring the temperatures and the humidity. Easy as yeah. that. Another thing I like doing, I just go into my, <laughs> I go into my grove, go in there with just your underwear, like shirt off, feel mm-hmm. it, go yeah. walk in there. How does it feel? You know, mm-hmm. boom, it feels good. Oh, I know the girls like this. Oh, damn, it's mm-hmm. clammy in here. It's more, you know, think about It's all like little shit like that. It's, it's I don't good know for now. you, it's good for them, you know? <laughs> if, right. I strip, if I strip down to go check the grow in the morning, the missus is going to have a wrong idea about that one. <laughs> you really do love them plants. Oh yeah! Well, why didn't you do that with me? You are cheating. <laughs> That's funny. Shit. But yeah, feel it out, man. Go in there at least with you know light clothing. Check it out. If if they if you're feeling good, they're feeling good. Um, some things I do, man, is like um, it, when you're flowering by the fourth week, fifth week. I stop any kind of external feeding. Like I will push a little bit with the JLF, the rabbit liquids, the fertilizers, other liquid fertilizers. Right. But around week five, there's papers written and the studies show that um, your uh, THC levels can drop from high amounts of organic fertilizer at the end. Right. Well, I just go by that, man. And that's been working. Mm-hmm. So around week four, week five, if I was feeding anything, it's straight water. And then, um, when you say week four, week five, but say, uh, but is that for your normal indica strain, which is going eight to nine weeks in the flowering period, or is that for all strains? Because if you have something that's more sativa dominant and it's going fourteen to sixteen weeks, do you cut it like week ten instead? Most of yeah, great question, Mac. I don't, I haven't grown like I grow ten. I'd usually give stuff seventy four. Like I'm not gonna go much more than that. Like I don't, right. I'm not gonna mess around with you. I don't want to grow those long strains indoors because mm-hmm. they start getting in the way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's when I say that I'm talking about yeah that week five, week four, week five on a ten week, and I always say ten because always error long. You know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They never sure. get the honest answer there ever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is done in three weeks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It comes ready to smoke. What do you mean? Three weeks from seed, you know? (laughs) I know. I love that one of the flower picks are like loaded, frosted, like, you know, 10 days. Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) We've all seen it, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, man, things like that. Um, I run, so I don't, you know, I I use that. I like to, um, I use that time of flower to um, dry backs. 
because I feel like those increase those secondary metabolites, meaning the plant feels stressed. Oh shit, where's my water? I'm drying Did out. You say dry batch? Is that what you said? Yeah, dry back, like letting the soil dry back right, a little right. bit. Yeah. Okay. How long do you just... like how long do you not water for? What kind of dryness are you looking for? What I'll do is I'll um what I did with with typically if when I ran Divine Pine, I was like running it like a really like a car race, bro. Like, like literally, like we're gonna run, like at the end, the wheels are gonna fall off. Like at the end, <laughs> the soil will be way drier than I would ever let it be because it's gonna be slow restarting. But I didn't care. I needed it to stress this plant all the way out. So what I mean is sometimes depending on what you're doing, if you're just growing for yourself, I'll go say I'm not gonna water for you know, 10 days, you know, boom, right. like I'll go 10 days. Oh, you're looking a little like, oh, your ass is thirsty in there, huh? You know, mm -hmm. and then what she's doing is she's really focusing on those secondaries and those increasing those terps and those things that are like stress responses. And so right. then you give a little back, a little bit of water. Um, also, it's a tricky thing because in these beds, the water is kind of like your gasoline too, mm -hmm, if it's an mm -hmm. engine, because the water is how the microbes activate and, and stay yep. active. So, and when you're dying back, it's a little bit of a fine line because I don't want to, you know, lower my microbial population too much, but I still want to stress the plant. Oh, well, you know, mm -hmm. the microbes will come back, you know, if you do do that, but um, yeah, yeah plant stresses. The strong will survive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah making it tough um another thing i did was i did a actually 48 hour darkness on chop before chop okay and and i usually do 24 and i was just like i was just really into this bed because this bed had six plants and all of them were potential entrance into the cup like i had my divine pine which was from seed and then i had several different big name clones in there and then I also had another one of my clones that I had selected um, before. So I had some big hitters in there, but I knew that I wanted to be diverse. Like I knew that I wanted the Terps to be diverse. And I was only mm -hmm. going to count on the big hitters if for some reason the, the Divine Pine just kind of fell off at the end or something, which I didn't think she would. Right. Um, so, yeah, I ended up going there and... and um. And so, yeah, I was, you know, uh, dying them back and or, or sorry, drying them back uh, hard and then um, 48 hours of darkness. And even if you don't do 48, always chop before your lights come on. Um, mm -hmm. I got I got high terps, fella. So I'm whatever I'm doing, whatever I did, I've been still doing, you know. Oh, that's right, man. He's like, I've heard about the the two days darkness before chop is like bro science. There's no really evidence, but now Marco has said to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, well, maybe bro science, but I've, it's never hurt, Mackie. That's the thing, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. Marco hurt. does it, and he wins awards. So that everybody, this is what you need to do now. Okay. <laughs> I know this argument from authority and shit. I don't care, man. I know Marco, it's like one of those things. Hey, man, that guy said it worked. All right, I'll try it. And you know, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. Mackie, you know these things are testable. You run your shit twice. Test it. Run it this time. Mm -hmm, run it mm -hmm. next time. And then run it with the darkness. That's how I've done it, man. And, like, the 24s work great. And I said, man, and what it is, the science behind the darkness is it's a stressor. Again, secondary metabolites. Oh, shit. Where are the lights? I need to do, you know, grow. I need to pump out some more um, terpenes. I need to increase whatever, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Why am I not seeing the light? Is it because I'm? it's behind a tree? Let me grow more to get out into the light. You know, those uh, are things that uh. plants think about. And, and that's why the darkness to me, it, it's, it's something. I, I will try it if you guys haven't done it. Um, yeah, man. I tune my lights. Another one that half the crowd might not agree with. I tune, my lights are tunable. So I run. I ran the last um, 10 days. I ran a high blue, um, lots of blue. Um, right. And again, blue is to trigger kind of that stress. Oh, shit, is mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Are we vegging? The sun We used to do that, that with the, uh, back in the day when we had the metal halides and the HPS, you know, for the last couple of weeks of the grow, you'd put the metal halide back in to give that blue oh. spectrum, stress the plant out and make it think that winter was already coming because the oh, lights okay, were blue Okay, you guys are on it too, yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. pretty much routine for me though. I mean, I always dim my lights for the last week or two. Just, it there seems to, it seems to be normal. Like that's what happens in the fall. You're just trying to imitate nature as much as possible. Exactly. Right? That's it, man. Yeah. I remember screwing mm-hmm. that big putting that big ass ball back in at the end. But um, yeah, now it's all tunable. So you can run that with LEDs and the LEDs mimic shit now, which is fun. You guys know all that. Mm-hmm. Um and I just did little stuff like that. I didn't I when I first got the like I was messing with the sunrise, sunset, but in my opinion, when you that's just wasting daylight hours that be putting on the plant so fuck the Mm -hmm. now if i do the sunrise sunset it's 15 minutes it's like a 15 minute gradual boom you're on like i'm not fucking around for an hour on sunset but i'd go down in the grow and be like why is this light down and it, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm actually playing with that experiment right now marco and i have okay. no idea how it's going to but i do have one tent that gives me you know one hour i get one light comes on and, and an hour later the second light comes on so i'm at full oh, intensity nice. and i do the opposite in, in the evening i will find out if it's going to be anything right now i'm not impressed but we'll find out i like that see that's what it's all about just trying shit don't matter what someone else mm-hmm. did i tried it and it this oh it works or oh it doesn't work you know well i'm not gonna say it works i'll say it works for me that's all i'm gonna tell you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. nice man yeah but i'm the same way man and then just going to flower you know now we're chopping I like to chop whole if I can. It's more important for me not to have a, a flower or a bud touch anything than it is yeah. to have a whole plant that's like show yeah, off. Yeah, that's the wow. same for me, man. It needs to be dark, you know, don't, before the lights come on, chop the thing from the main stem at yeah. the bottom and get it hung up, man. Exactly. Nothing new there. Being careful with it. And um, drying and curing, man. Drying is a special one. You know, that dry cure, they're kind of together for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's massively important the drying and trim, the drying and yeah. curing stage. But do you trim? Well, because there's some people who do the dry trim, some people do the wet trim. What's your technique there? Do you prefer a particular method? Yeah, I've in the past I've tried you know the wet way back, but now the consensus is dry trim, and it's just dry dry terms is a much better mm-hmm. um, way to go about it. You know, mm-hmm. I like to hang plants as whole as possible. Like we said, I leave a lot of the fans, some of them, some of the big long patio fans that hang way down. I'll clip them kind of as I'm harvesting. Right. Um, but remember, we defoliate at 21, day 21. So at this point now, when I'm harvesting, a lot of times I'm just hanging and I'm just using that kind of extra leaves as a crown of protection. Um, right. If I were to bump them or hit them on something or yeah, even man. when I'm like, laying like, them a, in, right? like a sweet wrapper or something, you know, a candy right. wrapper. Yeah. Slows you dry down a little bit too. That's a good thing. Yes. Key. Yep. So keep it nice and slow. And um, I'm not a 
hardcore gotta be 60 60 got to got to got i flow more with it um and i my whole key is just not to dry too fast i've never mm-hmm. dried too slow <laughs> in my life i've never mm-hmm. said oh i dried too slow you yeah. know yeah but that's I've a good point too mm-hmm. fast, you know yeah. and that's kind of the keys yeah, so you're looking about 10 to 14 days for your drying then well, it, hey, right. It depends. Like I have plants now that have been quote unquote in the dry room for, you know, four weeks. Oh wow. man, that's going to be some good stuff though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I literally let them hang because one, until I'm ready to, uh, for them to be people to try them, you know, like they're ready, ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, two, sometimes I just don't get around to trimming. So I have to have a place where I know I can just let them hang and they, they'll be fine. And when I get to them, I get to them. But you're right, monkey. That like, it just gets better, man. Like mm-hmm. the more they kind of slow dry. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go down and the, the I monitor humidity now. Don't get me wrong; it might go down to like you know sixty, right? You know, boom. It may go up again to seventy two. Like mm-hmm. I will, like I'll float in there sixty to seventy, and it, it'll just float in there, and they'll slowly still dry to touch um doing it like that and then at the very end as you kind of want to just go ahead and take them on out you can go ahead and boom put that humidity kind of at 60 or even you can bring them up to your living space or down to your living space or wherever is a drier place kind of mm-hmm. just for a little bit 30 minutes 20 minutes just to get a little crisp then go back to your other space you know those are things you can do if it's difficult for you to kind of maintain that Mm-hmm. Um, humidity brown paper bags are great yeah um, chop your branches lay them in there neatly fold the bag now you can put a hygrometer in there you can take that whole bag to a different part of the house if the house is drier there or wetter there you can you know and man you got to kind of go with the flow when it comes to drying because that's really the most important process yeah yeah for sure yeah, if you do it too quick, important. it ruins the whole fucking the whole lot of it, man. It'd just be yeah, grass tasting weed, you know. Got to take your time with that shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's all right to forget about some sometime, but then from there, once you get into a good, you know, if you you your intent is to be dry in, in two weeks, and you're dry, you're dry enough to get uh, bucketed or um, bu- uh, jarred or whatever you got. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can go in the bucket overnight. That but in 24 hours, open back up jar or bucket. How's it feel? And that's mm-hmm. serious right there because that is a stage where you can go bucket or jar too soon, forget about it too soon, and you can you can actually mold out in there mm-hmm. um, because you didn't have the moisture didn't leave um, mm-hmm. well enough. I've um, had that happen. You got to take them out again, lay them out for just a little while before you put them back mm-hmm. in. Yep, and you'll lose a harvest if you're not careful with that part yeah yeah be careful there yeah that's it and just taking your time and and shit like that man and then that's to me that's that those are ways to maintain your terps when you trim Mm -hmm. be gentle take out you know trim all the leaves you need to trim but you know be gentle i don't like to go the whole side of the trim shear on the bud i'll go tip i like tip 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 tip, mm-hmm, tip. Mm-hmm. start out with poking in there getting those um sugar leaves just kind of poke in and get them try because you, you realize you you get less of that uh scissor hash um than when you just try to you know swoop swoop all the way around the mm-hmm. whole bud in one 
flip, you know, kind of. Thing. Yeah, but you can still end up with a few grams of, sh of sugar, uh, of scissor hash, if you do it the way you're talking about, if you got nice frosty, frosty buds. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll get it both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be better if you got the nice frosty buds doing it your way, actually. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, even sometimes it just gets too cruddy. It's like too much green and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yep. But um, yeah, and then that's it, man. Trimming and just taking care, being gentle, you know, those are the things um to me, you know, growing growing that great cannabis, bro. It all matters. Mm -hmm. And if and then that's why it's key for me to have that that proper dry area because we can all get busy. If you get busy during veg, well, the plant got too close to the light and you gotta super crop it or or trim it or whatever, right? You can deal with that. Well, if you got busy in flower. You know, buds started falling, leaning over. All right, well, you take a good day. You tighten everything up. You can deal with that, you know. But if you get lazy and dry, you can't overcome. Well, humidity got down to 40% or 30%. Buds got crispy. Like, you know, you're done. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's key to have that dry closet, that dry space. Monitor your humidity. Put a humidifier if you can. A dehumidifier, I know that's more expensive, but AC works well um, in a way. Um, but, you know, try to get that room dialed in as much as possible. And when you're spending money, if that's the case, you got to buy a good humidifier or dehu. You know, whatever one is, you got to buy, buy whatever it takes, because if not, your product's going to be shit and you're not mm -hmm. going to make anything off of it anyway. Yeah, I think setting up a dedicated drying tent was one of my best investments as far as growing goes, other than, of course, the initial investment of starting to grow it first. Mm -hmm. But it made a huge difference to have, have it automated now to where the humidity is controlled, everything is happening the way it's supposed to be, and I can actually look at a gauge and say, mm -hmm. okay, they're dry, I need to trim these today. Yes, sir. Huge. Damn, I like that. Yeah. So have y'all tried or talked to anybody on the Canatrol like, yeah, we actually spoke just a few days ago with Mr. Grow It about the kind of troll thing. Oh, okay. How's that, man? What are people saying? I'm thinking like flat spots. Well, that's what I was on? thinking, but that's not evidently not what's happening for Mr. Grow It. He loves it. Okay. Mm. You know, he He's basically the qualities there. Yeah, well, he actually says the quote for him at least. This is what he said, not me. I've never tried it, never even seen one in person. But he right. says the quality is better with that because it controls your temperatures and your humidities, and you can actually leave your buds just hanging in it and actually preserves it like a humidor. Hmm. Well, you know what, though, guys, I think in the West Coast of the U.S., it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever, ever experienced this. You ever have a drink, you have ice in it, and it gets the condensation on it. Right? Y'all know right, what I'm talking right, about. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Out West, when I lived out there... The shit just evaporates before it condensates. Or <laughs> yeah, it's like you exercise and you don't sweat. It just goes away. <laughs> right. You don't even sweat. So I think for someone in that environment, it could probably really be a game changer on on, on the East Coast and kind of the right, South. Right. Mm -hmm. we It's a little bit different game where if you can kind of control a little bit of the humidity, you can dry really easy. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, that could factor into it. But I, I wouldn't mind just really you know i almost need to get my hands on it but i'm not definitely mm -hmm. not buying it <laughs> yeah it's expensive no. isn't it? it's an expensive toy 
Yeah, I'd like exactly. to see a demo on it though, you know. Yeah, I'd mm. like to see the flower. Like, was it, you know, let me see what came out of there type of thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's interesting. I always dreamed about that being a possibility. So for him to come up with it, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one, man. But I don't know. I just I like the the original method of doing it. You know, taking a long time to dry over that 10 to 14 days at least. Yeah. A nice cure on it. It would be ideal to make it faster, but it should be timed into your grow as well when doing the drying and curing you know, yeah. in the original way. Good point, I, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical of it. And, you know, that's the way you have to be. You have to be. There, there's so many things out there that have been made, but, you know, just uh, money-making schemes. They don't really do anything. It's like a snake oil kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm skeptical of most things nowadays. And yeah, we probably would have been skeptical about these vaporizers too back in the day, Mackie. Mm-hmm, for you sure. Know? But, I was, right. mate. I was until like everybody started to be like, no, you really do have to try the mighty. You know, it wasn't just from one person; it came from numerous people. Right. It's like, okay, now I have to really try this shit. So, yeah. And yeah, that fucking the mighty's pocket, man. Vaporizing much, weed is quality. I'd much rather people learn how to just dry properly, take the time, mm. feel it out, do it right. You know. You mean learn the art. Learn the art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of the culture right there. If you want to know the truth, how, you know, how was this done? How was it done historically? I mean, it's to me, that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sir. Yeah, so yeah, come, sorry, Marco. No, no, I was I was just going to start mumbling. Go ahead. What you got, bro? No, it's just wondering, you know, because there was obviously other people who had entered this competition where your cannabis won an award for being just the good shit. Like, what do you think you did that made yours uh, so much better than everybody else's? You know, is there some key things that you did throughout the grow which you can put your finger on and say that was probably something that made the difference? I think um, one thing was um, I found a really, this is, you know, this is just something that's different. Like, I found a really mm-hmm. good spectrum that works. I mean, spectrum um, regarding light. Yeah, so on that I took the um I took the because I like HPS so much, mm. they I actually um put in the uh, or downloaded the mimic HPS lighting on my LED. Would you and download it so you can what you like put it on a chip and made your LED light give off a specific yeah. spectrum? Yeah, so I, on my app, so my lights controlled on the app. So cool. um, yeah, I can add recipes. Okay. So Ooh, you can what light recipe. is that? Huh? What light is that? I run a science. Science um mm-hmm. yeah, science LED. Okay. That's cool, man. That's cool. Feature. Yeah, and they um they have an app, right? And so on this app, there's different recipes. So one of the recipes so I can have if you have running like a HLG seven hundred or eight, whatever, I can I can download the recipe for your light. Oh right? wow. cool. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. So I downloaded the eight, the old school HPS recipe, and then I tweaked that and I added a little bit more um, far red, and it really the plants really responded great in previous flowers. So I've been running that recipe. So I like that. That's not the thing. That's just a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for but really, bro, like the horizontal soil paired up with a good light. I mean that and good genetics that's that's the key i think that's mm-hmm. the thing but i'm a everything i told you i'm a stickler on my cure 
I don't touch my my buzz. Don't you know? I try to save every trichome that you see. You know, I don't right. want to lose a trichome. That kind of grower. Like mm -hmm. when I submitted my sample, I kept a jar for myself so that I could be in one with this plan and the judges. So when I opened that jar, I was like, okay, this is what the judges are on. So I'm like, damn, okay, mm -hmm. this is a good morning if they're, they crack me up <laughs> this morning. You know? <laughs> like shit like that, I just kind of stayed in, in tune with it all, man. And that's kind of really, you know, there's there's levels to it. Like I don't, I put different levels of detail. Depends, you know, sometimes, like I said, I got other shit going. I don't put as mm -hmm. much on the grow, but the horizontal soil stays consistent. You know, regardless of what I do, you know, like I told you, I stress it, run 10 days without water. So, you know, what's that? Five days is a vacation, right? Mm -hmm. you know, things like that that allow me to leave, you know, in the middle of whatever's going on. Um, so I, I still say, though, Mackie, if Terps is what wins it, and the only way to get those maximum Terps, increase those secondary metabolites. And then the microbes, you got to focus on the soil microbes, mm -hmm. the IMO. We didn't even talk hardly about that. I think we mentioned it last time. So watch the last show, mm -hmm. get on your IMO. And that's how I think did it. Um, you know, and then it was just a vibe, the judges vibe, my experience and all come together, man. Like, you know, and um, try to deliver that quality product, man. So was you shocked when you got the award? Was you... So shocked, bro. Like, I very, I was very, you know, listen, bro, the year before I didn't win. I played mm -hmm. sports growing up. I know you losing's the shit, like, the shit happens. Like, I've seen motherfuckers, grown men on the field crying. Like, mm -hmm. I get it. So I wasn't, like, saying, my intention was to win, right? My intention was to win, belt. My intention was to win it. But my really my thought was, I said, I'm going to win the Terps. I'm going to win the most Terps. Like I thought because I was like, this plan is so fucking Terpy and strong. I was like, I'm, I'm, I, if I win anything, I, uh, you know, I want to win that. But as the process went, so you got an email. Oh, hi, Marco. You're 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 one of one or more of your strains is in the finals for the state round. So you get that email. Oh, nice. Hey, so yeah. now. Now I worry my wife to death. Oh, well, we listen to this wife, you know, like, <laughs> I'm in it, I'm in it, it looks good. You know? <laughs> I feel good, you know, because I'm not talking to everybody about it. I'm just mm -hmm. in my own self and my own self. So then you go to the next round and, oh, well, one or more of your strengths made it to the finals. And so now I'm like, oh, shit. So now I'm like, I want to win. You know, I, I wanted to win from day one, trust me. Of course, yeah. I, when I lost, I was like looking up there and the guy got his belts. I was like, Next year, man, I'm coming back strong. I'm going to win this shit. And so nice. I wanted to, which was key. And then I, I, I'm like, all right, it's looking good, man. I must be winning something. So I go to meet the lady finally. And she hadn't told me nothing. She just like, you're in the finals. You got prizes, whatever. So I go to her office. First of all, on the day of the event, they were supposed to award it during the Two Chains concert. Like they were going to have the awards for this and then it's the Two Chains concert. So we were all going to be on the stage, the finalists. So it's going to be dope. Well, a big ass fucking storm came, literally blew everything, like boom, boom, boom. It was a wrap, can't do the show till late at night. So it was a whole mess. So they weren't going to, then they're not going to announce the awards <clears throat> until like later in the summer at another concert. Well, I didn't say shit because I was like, whatever, I'm just patient. I'll let it ride. Mm. 
some of the other growers were raising hell, like apparently <laughs> on their case, like we want to know now and all this. So they ended up um, saying, all right, the two weeks later after that rain out thing, she calls or emails me and says, hey, come pick your prizes up, up at our, where can we meet at, our, at my office? So I go to her office, still don't know I won, still don't know anything. But I want to fucking win, right? You're there. You're like, mm. I, wa I want to win this shit. So um, go up on the roof with her. We hit the elevator because it was like an outdoor roof. It was really nice. Um, she's like, all right, I'm not going um, to keep you in any more suspense. You hit the elevator button. She's like, you're grand champion. Uh, and oh. I was like, like yeah, bro, yeah. like even right now, it just chills just ran through my body because it, it, it was so fucking humbling. It was so like. I'm a, you know, I'm a tough talking guy, but really I'm humble. And I really was like, I hope they like my shit. <clears throat> Excuse mm -hmm. me. So, yeah. So I got to like chill bumps. Like, damn, man, cool. I'm fucking, I'm like, what? Grand champions? He's like, yeah. So we go up there. That's a great way to put it as well, isn't it? Grand champion. Damn. Damn. I know. I didn't even know it was called that. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, felt really good. And um, yeah, man. So it was, uh very humbling and some feedback from the judges were that like i said um my well i don't know if i mentioned but they said my turps were very complex and they they said it was very unique so it was one thing they liked about it and it's crazy even though my turps were through 4.3 i lost turps by like 0.1 something the other guys still turp his turps were high as fuck wow he did well too he was a natural farmer type uh grower as well Right, right. So that well, seems to, you know, correlate. Correlation does not equal causation and all of that. But, you know, that says something, man. It's all a process, man. You mean natural inputs and all that stuff like that? Yeah, man. So listen, it ain't about winning shit. I did that because I talk a lot of shit about my stuff. I do the YouTube show. And I feel like when you talk about it, be about it. Like go out there and grow. I encourage all the teachers and the education folks, you know, because if not, you're just a talking head, bro. So I needed mm -hmm. to do that for my people. And really, I probably would have got emotional on the stage because really I was going to say something like, you know, this is for the natural farmer. You know what I mean? This mm -hmm. is for the guys, because I remember when organics, they were, oh, well, you're not going to have a good yield or you're not going to have this or you're not going to have that. So this is really like a thumb in the eye of like the nutrient manufacturers like you know i did this with all you know I did me it and my rabbit rabbits poop. rabbit poop for the win and me and my yeah, rabbits you, know. <laughs> you don't need no shit 100 pound of bottle and shit he's a damn yeah so you know you don't need all that and i want the i want the young growers to know that like this lady mm. was in the grocery shop they gave me prizes so i actually got two nice i got two hlg 700s Nice. nice yeah nice shit so i'm gonna really i'm gonna start a new grow with that but um and then the, one of the prizes was athena's full line and uh he's like you don't want that do you he's like i didn't think you did said, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but there was a lady in there you know and it just i had i'm rarely in a grow shop like that and the lady was asking somebody like you know what, what do i use for this and I just bit my tongue and at the time, you know, but yeah, you just want to be like shake them and be like, you don't even need to be in this place, you know, mm -hmm. but, but you don't want to fuck with the other guy's business, do you? you no. Nah, so it, 
But listen, bro, people ask me to speak at their growth shops and I tell them, hey, man, you know, part of what I talk about is keeping people out of here. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> but but you coming along will bring people in here, you know, that's what they say. <laughs> and then I still you still got to buy shit to get started. You need your pots, you need your hummus, you need things like that. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's all love, man. Where do you get that kind of stuff from? Is there a specific place you go to source, like your rock dust and your pumice and you know the uh, volcanic stone? Did you say with some of the stuff you have, lava stone? Yeah, man, I fuck, oh. I fuck with Build a Soil. Jeremy and I are cool. Sweet. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he's been on our show and stuff, so we're we cool dudes. And uh, um, he's a he's a good source. And then I also like to look local. You know, mm -hmm, look at mm -hmm. the you know your feed shops and things like that. And then. Just sort local parks and state recreational areas and things like that where you're not going to be overdoing it. You know, if you're going to take mm -hmm. small amounts, a little bit of leaf mold, a little bit of forest soil, you know, can go a long way. You know, just mm -hmm. do it in a way that, you know, think about, hey, what if everybody took this or that, you know. So Sustainability, kind of that's it, man. So do you get any problems with bugs? I get... um. A lot of times when you start, when I start out a soil, uh, Mackie, with this organic, as much organic material that's in it, mm -hmm. I'll, uh, a lot of us will get a fruit fly, uh, sorry, a um, fungus gnat. Fungus gnats, yeah, little bastards. Yeah, but, but what I've done to overcome, overcome that uh, kind of before it even becomes an issue, I will build my soil and I will have a uh, water source kind of with the mosquito dunks already in it. Mm -hmm. right. that water to water in that soil and now that bt that bacillus is in there um it fucks up the fungus gnats before they can even be an issue another mm -hmm. thing is when we build these living soil systems part of soil food web is rose beetles i get a lot of those natural um right. with how i build my imo piles and stuff so they eat mm -hmm. fungus gnats you can buy rose beetles also to just toss them in your soil so yeah it's not bad though mackie and even um with uh, I get isopods. Uh, shout out Brian. You know we yes, talked about isopods. Where'd you yeah. get your isopods from, Marco? Exactly. <laughs> the ducky. <laughs> yes. And so, like, we're flipping my beds, my beds around, bags around the way I do, and then I roll the tops down. It actually puts the white plastic right up uh, when you roll it down, right down to the soil, mm. and that uh, keeps isopods from even crawling up it. So. Um, just another way to kind of keep everything in that soil staying right there. But I welcome right. all members of the soil food web, man. I mean, everything in balance is all right. Yeah. Too much of anything. If even if you had too much worms, you're gonna have a bad mm -hmm. growth, mm -hmm. you know. So it can be good. So can do be you use uh, and do you use any vermicompost in your mix? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, because when I build my soil, I uh, I use part of it as not my outdoor soil. Right. Which has lots of worms in it, cool. lots of good microbial life in it. So yeah, I do that. If you do, uh, and I do, um, a person just sent me a bag of vermicompost, and I very nicely screened and I very good quality stuff. Um, nice. I use a lot of my own worm compost. I use black soldier flies to do a lot of the work. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, and with the chickens, the the now I have a I can just. Go in there, scoop out a pound of fucking black soldier fly larvae, and toss them in my chicken coop um, every day. Like as long as I'm just keeping food scraps in there, free food. Um, mm -hmm. Still feed my chickens their, their scratch grains and all that, but just an extra source of protein. Yeah.
So I knew this was going to be an interesting episode. There's so much here because this is the way I've always wanted to grow. You know, I know I've grown in cocoa for a long time, grown in lots of different kinds of mediums. But the end goal for me is to grow like this, is to never have to buy any nutrients, be completely organic, source everything locally. You know, have the horizontal soil there with the stones and the sand in a proper nice raised bed. And, you know, that this is the end goal for me. But being in an illegal place, it's not, it's not like I don't want to do it. It's just that in case the door ever comes off and they, you know, they want to try and take my shit, they're just going to ruin it all. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. And sometimes you have to take everything down because, you know, you're having, like, for example, an electrician coming around the house to check all the sockets to make sure that everything works correctly and things like that. This is the kind of things which we have in the UK. So it's just, you know, it can be difficult because it's illegal you know if you if it wasn't illegal then it's like yeah come and check mate but mind that tent there that's my grow you know it's not so much of a fucking issue but yeah for got now same, it is got the same problem here mackie you know mm-hmm. the u.s is no different when you're illegal yeah mm-hmm. i gotta call a repairman i gotta think about where that repairman needs to go yeah yeah hey i remember when times weren't as good for me and i had fucking they cut the gas off one winter oh yeah yeah, so the chick had to come out, right? So she comes out. I'm like, all right, yep, turn my gas back on. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, but I got to go in the house and look at every um, connection before I can turn it on. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck, my girl's in, in here. Mm-hmm. So fuck I it, argue, I'm just going to freeze. <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, I, I was like, you know, argue with her. Finally, she just did. I was like, listen, I work for you know, gas. We do install gas. I know what I'm doing. Like, that mm. type of shit. Like, like, anything can happen, bro. Like, stay on top of all your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? See, we, we have it here where they come out and uh, check the gas to make sure everything's working properly and shit. And one of the last things they'll do is they'll want to go in every room and, and bleed the radiators to make sure that it's all good. But it's, mm. it's like you know, it's like no, you don't need to go in that room. That, that that's uh, that's my room. I know how to bleed the radiator, mate. I can do it myself. Thank you right. very much. You go, you know, go, go and have your lunch, man. I can handle the rest from here. I've got to bleed the radiator, so don't worry, man. I, I know right. how to bleed the radiator. That's I'll my that sex myself. room, man. Like... You know, you know <laughs> <laughs> that's my dungeon. You don't want to go in there. You put the sound of a growling dog. You never know, man. Or something. Yeah. yeah. You never know. They might be like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, damn, I see that that right. <laughs> you know, get the fuck out of my house, bro. Get- <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm real funny about that. Even when we went legal, man, I was like, fuck. Mm. The uh, gas, uh, not, it was like the gas line down in, in the neighborhood. Like they had to do something. So they, they had to cut all the gas off. So before they <clears throat> cut on the gas, they had to go in each thing. And so, now we're legal, right? So I kind of am all right. I'm like, all right, just come on in, man. I'll open the mm-hmm. back. So I'll let the guy in and, you know, tent, grow, grow room, shit all over the place. But conceal, right? You see the room, but you can't see what's in there. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this punk kid, mmm, gotta go grow going, huh? As soon as he said that, I just ran him. Man, get the fuck out of here. Like, I need you to <laughs> cut this gas on and go. Like. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Like, just annoying. Then you got to ro- make sure that like, this punk's not going to send nobody back or, you know, mm. stuff like that. It's just annoying. It is, man. It's just these ridiculous hoops that we have to jump through. But it's yeah. good that you finally got it legalized where you are, man. Yeah, and he's the kid. One thing, 
Hey, look, he wanted the kid did say this. He's like, man, every day, every everybody on this street. I was like, oh, okay, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. For sure. So and many then people I found use out cannabis. my neighbor. Yeah, then I found out my neighbor two doors down. He uh he had a little girl. He offered me a little something he had. I was like, all right, man, that's pretty cool. So and then you're like, try my award-winning shit. I know, but I'm all humble, bro. I just don't mm-hmm, even say mm-hmm. shit. I'm like, here, bro, I got something for you. And I make sure I give them something like super fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just let them go. Because I don't yes, even, man. I don't like to even say nothing. Like, I love yeah. it when people mm-hmm. come up to me and they're just wanting to talk about growing cannabis. I'm like, and I'm just all ears, man. Mm-hmm. And they never ask me. So I never, I don't say, I just listen, you know. Damn. Uh, the information they're missing out on, man exactly crazy shit we've been here for a while man and i know you probably yeah, got man. things to do bro yes sir i appreciate y'all and thank you for letting me uh talk oh, no shit. man pleasure is all ours mate thank you very much for coming here and sharing all this information and your techniques with us you know the methods if you grow i know that lots of our listeners will be listening to this and taking notes and following it step by step man Yep. Take you a little piece of it at least and try something, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just tr- try and be as sustainable and as and as organic as possible. If you want to, you know, if you want to carry on growing salts and hydroponics as well, that's fine too, man. Fine. As long as you're growing, that's all good. But you know, yeah, the- we'll still call you our brother. You're still brothers, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna grow that award winning shit, you gotta follow the steps of the award winning Marco. Boom, boom. simple as that you know what i'm saying That's this right. man has he's the proof is in the pudding he's got the bounce to show that he grows the good shit and that's how he does it you what's know? that word again grand champion boom, grand boom. champion that uh, sounds good doesn't it? it does that's why i had to say it again one more time <laughs> no i'll be changing all my names online to you know gc marco you know <laughs> like, what does the gc stand for it's like that's grand champion motherfucker exactly. you know you know now you got this award-winning uh microbe i'm gonna sell you you know I, that's one thing i really <laughs> want to not do you know what i mean mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Kind of do it do it i want to do something right with it you know maybe down the road it'll be to get the cut you know you do this and yeah the, yeah get the cut type of thing so who knows mm-hmm. oh come on now marcos I'll give you 500 bucks for a teaspoon of your microbes. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. So where can people go and find more about you, Marco? Yeah, man. Just talk, just see more about my kind of my in general growing and techniques. Marco underscore is growing on Instagram. And then I have a, a private cannabis page over there too. cannabis underscore naturally. Nice. And, um, that's t- just shows kind of more of my strains, stuff like that. And then I got the microbes on the website, uh, microbesbymarco.com. And I have some things on there that I offer. And all stuff that I use, man, like I'm not going to have anything up there that's bullshit. It's all good quality stuff if I have it up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Well, it's been a massive pleasure, mate. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come and give us all this information. It's fucking legendary, man. From the grand champion himself, you know. Uh-huh. Thank y'all for letting me on this platform. Shout out to all y'all's listeners. Much love and respect, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, Anything man. y'all need, Mackie, always reach out to me, brother. Nice Anytime, one, bro. Man. Appreciate it. That's fucking awesome. 
legend. Same for you as well. If you need anything, if you've got anything that you want our listeners to know about and shit like that, you're always welcome, mate. So just feel free to get in touch and give us a shout. You're always welcome. Doors always open, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Marco. Yes, man. Catch you later, Marco. Have a good All day, right, man. Stay high, bro. Peace. One love. Later, Goodbye. Marco. And there we go, everybody. That was Marco from The Brian and Marco Show. As you can tell, he has got loads of knowledge and he is genuinely a nice guy and an award-winning cannabis grower. So if you want to produce the high-quality cannabis like Marco does, then follow his techniques, which he shared in this episode of High and Homegrown. And also, if you want to learn how to build your own living soil, check out last week's episode with Jeremy Silva as well. We've had loads of really cool interviews go out lately with loads of great information in there. So I hope you have enjoyed these episodes. We've got some more coming up in the near future as well, but are all packed full of information too. So as usual, thank you for downloading and listening to the show. I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I hope you can share them with friends if that was possible, but of course, no pressure. But again, thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We have the Grow Guides on Friday, which is a special episode with lots of listener mail and questions and answers in it as well. It's it's a real good one. We cover some good stuff in there. So make sure you stay tuned for that on Friday. And of course, we have the live show on Sunday over on youtube.com slash high on homegrown. And we'll see you then at 9 p.m. UK time, 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. But until then, have a good week. Have a good weekend. Stay high, stay safe. And we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.